This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. It's great to have your company. Now, fruit is wonderful. It's natural, just like meat, just like vegetables. It's marvellous. There are nutritional qualities to fruit. But in nature, fruit is provided for a short few weeks of the year. And therefore, we're not really supposed to be mainlining pineapples in December. So what you've got to do is if you love your fruit and you want to have fruit, fantastic. But go for the low sugar fruits. Go for the blueberries, the blackberries, the raspberries, the strawberries, because they are naturally lower in fructose. Let me tell you that bananas, peaches, apples, loaded with sugar. And what is the sugar in fruit? It is fructose, right? It goes straight to the liver. So in the end, moderation is key, even when it comes to fruit, which is not quite as healthy as people will have you believe. Look, I hope you've had a really good week. Um, what's happening? I've got four very good words for you. Give it a try. If you're having trouble with something, if you've hit a roadblock, if there's an issue, something's not working, um, just roll your sleeves up, take some time and calmly try to fix it. I can tell you that my phone broke and I've had to replace it, which means that recording this podcast was complicated because the replacement phone is not connected to my laptop and I'm completely hopeless when it comes to technology. So how on earth am I going to connect my phone to the laptop using the software that I use? Oh my God, what a minefield. Well, what I did is I just stayed very calm and I went on the app, I tried lots of different things, which didn't work. <laughs> You're welcome. And it was trial and error, but I didn't panic. I was like, look, let's just give this five, 10 minutes. I gave it a try, right? Now, other people would be like, I wouldn't know how to do that. I couldn't even begin to know how to do it. Well, I, I didn't know either, but I just thought, let's give it a try. So I, I basically am pressing buttons in hope that something will happen. And I've go into all the different settings and plus this and minus that. And there's a dustbin over there and there's the wheel, which means settings. And I was unsuccessful, but I didn't give up. And then I went online and I kind of like Googled how to add a device via this software. And then it kind of like was confusing in itself, really, the internet. But uh, I just tried a few more things that inspired me to fiddle around a bit more. And then suddenly, bang, my phone connected to the computer beautifully. Probably all in, it took me about seven minutes to crack the code. But I had previously thought there's no way I can do this. I'm going to need the person that set it up for me originally to come over and do it. But I gave it a try. So whatever it is you're struggling with in life, some technical logical issue or some personal issue or whatever, just something that seems like you can't fix it. Just give it a try yourself. See what you can do. And if that doesn't work, bring in the professionals. Okay, I think, you know, having the confidence that you know how to do something is very overrated. There are millions of things that you can't do, but if you give it a try, you'll be successful. 
it's very famous in the world of acting that actors are often asked by their agent, can you ride a horse? Because there's a part in a film. Oh, isn't it so naughty when that happens? Apologies, everyone. Um, isn't it naughty? Uh, that was naughty. Uh, isn't it? Uh, it's very, very common for actors to say to their agent, when there's a part that comes in for a movie and you've got to be able to ride a horse, the actor always says, yes, I can ride a horse, right? They absolutely can't, but they want to get the gig. They want to get the part. And then they'll just give it their best shot when they're on set and they'll try and they'll learn. They'll learn the hard way, by which time it's too late to fire them anyway. So just give it a try. Give it a try. You know, I do the odd voiceover and maybe they'll say, right, we want you to be an Austrian professor. I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but I'll just say yes and give it my best shot. It's a bit naughty, I know. But listen, why why you have these barriers? I think that's the thing. Unless you absolutely definitively know that you can't do it, such as open heart surgery. The rest of it, a little bit of common sense, calmly thinking and looking at it, taking a little bit of time and having the belief that maybe I can fix this will work wonders. And actually, I'm so sort of keen on doing that now. Like I, I do like fixing things around the house that I've been kind of known as a bit of a handyman that I, I fix things. Well, I don't really fix things. It's just that I take the time and I give it a try. I give it my best shot. I'm not particularly skilled. I've never been taught to do anything. But how hard can it be? How hard can it be? That's what I want you to do, right? For, for the next seven days, just ask yourself that. How hard can it be? There's only one way to find out. Give it a try. Um, right. Politics in relationships. So whether it's your partner, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, do not allow politics to come between you. Political arguments on a personal level are so counterproductive, right? So let's imagine that you and your, I don't know, let's say you and your best mate, you get into these fierce arguments about how high tax should be. And you wind up, you know, having a really heated discussion. It's quite uncomfortable. It dominates the evening. And then you go home just feeling a little bit drained, and a bit negative and having bad feelings towards your friend all because of a huge angry debate about taxation. What are you achieving with that? You're not going to influence the government's taxation policy. I'm assuming neither of you are the prime minister. So let politicians have those political debates. That's their job. That's what they're paid to do. Let them yell at each other and let's have a, a competition of ideas among politicians. And why don't the rest of us just get on with our lives? My lovely, a lovely relative of mine, who's an older lady, saw her last Christmas and she said that her father always had a rule. No, no politics in the house. Just no politics. What is achieved by it? Family members yelling, yelling at each other about politics. It doesn't influence the outcome. You're just in your home, in your living room, having this discussion. So politics, keep it out of your personal life. Do not allow it to come into your relationships. I mean, the, the trick is obviously to be very super tolerant to other people. And you just kind of like, look, you think what you think. I think what I think. But no one's going to win any arguments here. There are no winners, no losers. It's just conflict all the way. Two very close family members of mine who I'm very, very loving towards, love them very much. But every Sunday night, they would have a duel 
a political duel and it just would actually spoil the dinner. And I would imagine it was quite corrosive for both individuals involved. So I think maybe from an early age, I saw the damage that bringing politics into the personal sphere can do. Life's too short. I think seek areas of agreement and things that you have in common. And when you're around the table, just talk about life and talk about what's going on at work and what your hopes and dreams are and what your bucket list is and discuss whether the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles and just, you know, because our society, our life is getting very divided. I feel like everyone has become very political. People have been radicalised by social media. You've got the pandemic and in three years, two and a half years of people glued to their phones. It's not healthy. There's a brilliant book called, what's it called? Uh, is it Data is Power or something? Should really look it up. Um, it's a book about the influence of social media on society. And it basically lays out the theory that we've all been hacked. Our psychology has actually been hacked by social media and it's creating these tribes. Oh, it's so unhealthy. Just escape the tribe. Like I don't understand. I've never understood the idea of political party membership. Why would you say that you're always going to vote for that one party for the rest of your life and that you're actually a member and you pay a subscription? What if that party drastically changes? Because political parties do. It's, it's always a journey. You know, for example, in America, right, you, you might think, well, I'm, I'm a Democrat. OK, I'm on the left. I'm a Democrat. I hate the Republicans. OK, no problem. You're entitled to that view. But Abraham Lincoln was a Republican and he ended slavery. So would you have not supported him? You know, where's the nuance? Where's the flexibility? I think it would be ideal if none of us were members of any political party or any intellectual tribe. And you just went about your life very open minded and see See where the wind takes you. And every time there's election, an election, you just go into the voting booth and you think, right, who will it be today, I wonder? Hmm, well, I like her, but I don't like him, but I quite like them. That would be the way to go. But I think we can't, we can't depoliticize de the world. The world has become very politicized and everything. Um, but you can depoliticize yourself because it's toxic. I think you should detoxify the house. I've got a very good friend. We meet once a year just before Christmas. And we're both quite sort of disciplined people. We're not out drinking and going for dinner very often at all. These days, I'm barely drinking alcohol. Miss it slightly, if I'm honest. But just very busy. It's not compatible with my goals and with my life at the moment. And I just feel, feel tired. Don't want to feel tired. But... This is the one night of the year that we do go out and we have drinks. It's always wonderful. We start mid-afternoon. Nothing better than being in a pub when everyone else is working. So we do it during the week. It's like three, four in the afternoon. I've got a kind of bubbly, cold pint in front of me. When other people are in offices, in meetings, being shouted at by the boss. And there we are having cold beers and chuckling away, looking forward to Christmas. So it's an annual thing. Really enjoy it. Highlight of the year. But we don't do politics and we don't do left versus right. And we don't do, what is it, global warming, net zero, climate change. You know, we just chat. We talk about our lives. We talk about our marriages. We talk about our kids, our aspirations. We talk about money and whether there's enough or not. And yeah, 
wouldn't change it for the world. And I do think it's amazing how political everything's become now. I, when I was younger, I mean, in my 20s, I, I didn't, didn't know the politics of any of my friends, friends from uni, friends from school. I couldn't tell you what their politics were. It didn't really come up. And if it did, no one cared. So I think we need to get back to that. And you can just do that within your own circle. You can say to your friends, you know, imagine you're down the pub and it all gets very political. You're like, I'm not interested in this. Uh, count me out of your political discussions. I mean, maybe you think I'm mad saying this because perhaps it's sort of healthy and interesting to debate ideas. And I guess so. If it can be done in a civil way, no problem. But if it gets heated, you need to just disengage and say this isn't working. You know, I think there are people that you probably can debate politics with and it doesn't have to kick off. But I think it's a problem when it's family members or close friends because you've got the emotional element to it too. On my show, I debate politics, but that is a TV show and there are guests and they agree with each other and they don't agree with each other. And it's a, a proper theatre of debate and that's what it's there for. But I don't, you know, I just don't. Personally, I don't want that at home. I don't want that in the morning when I'm drinking my first coffee of the day. I want to contemplate whether cats are better than dogs. And I want to, in my head, sort out what is what are the three best Elton John albums. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to debate. And I thought about it last night, by the way, if you're not an Elton John aficionado. I am an expert on Elton John. It was my specialist subject on Mastermind. And in my humble opinion, the best three albums are the Elton John album, which was his second album, which has a great cover sleeve, great photograph of Elton shot in shadow very kind of grainy and shaded image of a young Reginald Dwight. But it's got your song on it, Border Song, and then some absolute rough cuts like I Need You To Turn To and The Greatest Discovery. It's an incredible album, the Elton John album. The second one I would give you is Goodbye Ellerick Road. I know that's obvious, but it, it just is an extraordinary piece of genius. There's no fat on that album. Even it's a double album. There's it's all it all killer, no filler. And then the third one is a curveball, which will surprise Elton John fans. And I'm going to go for Too Low for Zero, 1983. At the height of Elton's debauchery and cocaine use and all the rest of it, the hair was gone. He was wearing hats and tracksuits, and it was a confusing time for him. He accidentally married a German woman in 1984. Only the world's most famous gay man would accidentally marry a woman briefly. But that album is, uh, is, 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 has got some real proper bona fide classics on it, including I'm Still Standing. I guess that's why they call it the blues and Kiss the Bride. The rough cuts, by the way. If you don't know what a rough cut is, I only say that because I didn't a while ago. and I had to look it up, but it's basically a song by an artist which wasn't a hit but which is an unbelievably amazing song. Uh, what are the rough cuts on uh, Two Level Zero? Crystal. Cold as Christmas. And any more? Yeah, I'll take one more arrow. There you go. Right, that's the Elton bit out of the way. So what's next? Um, let me tell you, I've been reading and thoroughly enjoying... Arnold Schwarzenegger's self-help book, which is called Be Useful. There you go. That was my Austrian accent. Called Be Useful. I would highly recommend it. I would urge you to run out and buy it. 
it's been rather uh, criticised by some in the press as being very unuseful. Because I think the perception is that there are enough self-help books out there and this guy is just kind of a rich Hollywood actor, bodybuilder, and he's not really adding, adding anything new to the to the conversation about a better life. Well, I couldn't disagree more because most self-help books are written just by journalists and writers who haven't necessarily achieved great things in their lives, but they think that they've got... They think they've got the answer to you having a successful, fulfilled life. Whereas I think it's the opposite with Schwarzenegger. He's not a writer. He's not a journalist, but he has walked the walk. His life, his story is a self-help book. It's just look at what he's achieved. Just do what he did. And that's what the book is. So what has he done? Well, he grew up in Austria and became a top bodybuilder in Austria. So that was an achievement that he became this remarkable athlete in Austria. So he's already achieved a great thing. Then he, I think he moved to the UK and developed his career there. He became Mr. Universe. He then moved to America. So that was a big achievement. It was his dream to be in America. And then he continued to progress as a bodybuilder and an athlete in America. And then he got into the movie industry with a documentary about being a bodybuilder. One or two, which I think at least one of them became very successful, box office hit documentary that he was the star of. Then he becomes an actor and then the rest is history. Total Recall, Predator, Terminator, Kindergarten Cop, The Cherry on the Cake, I think you'll agree. Um, True Lies, incredible movie career and then if that's not good enough at this point by the way he's now a multi-millionaire the highest paid star in Hollywood so he's got the financial stuff as well his personal life was a ridiculous success because he fell in love with Maria Shriver who is a member of the Kennedy political dynasty and they had kids and it was the great she was a great she is an amazing woman a very very intelligent woman very accomplished person Maria Shriver and uh, beautiful kids. So we've got the money. We've got the personal life. We've got the movie career. We've got the athlete's body. We've got Mr. Universe. Right? It's just success, success, success. And by the way, before he went into the movie business in America, he got into real estate first and was actually rich before he became an actor. So entrepreneur, add that to the mix. Then he goes into politics and becomes the governor of California. And it's very challenging because there are big economic problems there. He introduces a lot of environmental legislation, which is with us to this day. So he very much led the way in terms of a green agenda. And although it was very hard in office, and don't forget, he had no experience of being a politician or a public servant. So that wasn't easy. It was a steep learning curve there. He then wins a second term as Florida governor with an increased majority, with a landslide. So a spectacular career. Then he becomes a social media sensation during the lockdown. I think it was Instagram or Twitter. He's doing funny little videos, which were watched by millions of people. So it is a life and a career of unalloyed success and of fulfilled ambition, of money, of power, of fame. Plus, he's funny and he's 
a, I think a very good looking guy. Back in the day, I think he was very handsome. He still looks great. Still jacked. Still a big old unit. It's faultless, really. So I think he's quite qualified to write a book saying here's how to be successful. I think he is proof that he should write that book. Anyway, I love it. I've only started it and I'm going to talk about it in every show for the next few podcasts because I just think that it'll give you great value. And I want to do it justice by not rushing through some of the things he has said. And I want to apologise in advance because I won't explain it as well as he does, which is why you must buy the book or listen to the audiobook which he reads. But one of the things he says early in the book is you must have a clear vision in your head of what you want. Okay, forget about if it's going to happen or not. Forget that. Just have, you know, what do you what do you want? Have that in your head. So, I want to be mortgage free or I want to be a film star or I want to be at the moment, I'm an assistant manager. I want to be the CEO of the company. Or maybe it's I want to invent something. Or maybe it's I want to I want to play for my country in some sort of sport. Whatever it is, okay. Whatever it is that you want, okay. By the way, maybe it's just to be the owner of a Ferrari. It doesn't matter what the vision is. It just has to be the thing that you want. It's not for me to tell you what your vision is. Um, and therefore, once you click into that and have a clear vision of it, that will lead you through all of the difficulties of life. Because it's very hard to fulfill your ambitions. If you've got a vision in your head, it's not easy to get there. But he says that, yes, it's hard, right? Taking those steps to success are hard, right? So let's imagine you want to be a very successful boxer. Maybe you have to get up at five in the morning and go jogging for two hours. That's not fun, is it? Dragging yourself out of bed and then going into the ring and sparring and getting punched every day and being so exhausted you can barely stand up. That's hard, isn't it? But it's not as hard, he says, as living a life that you hate. That's much harder. And I think that's brilliant. So whatever you want in life, whatever those obstacles are and how hard they are to penetrate and get past, they're not as hard as being stuck where you are and living a life that you hate. It's always better. So that would mean, for example, that if you had a nice house, but you hated your job. If let's imagine, OK, that you're a bank manager and you hate your job, you've got a nice house and a nice car. But what you want to do is you want to be a playwright. Well, if you leave your nice house and move into a terrible house and you sell your nice car and you are using a bicycle, right? that's hard, isn't it? But that's not as hard as remaining a bank manager for the rest of your life. Already, you've taken those steps to becoming a playwright by reducing your outgoings. You've got rid of the car. You've moved into a smaller property you're closer, already closer to your dream because now it's a bit more affordable to be a playwright when you're paying less rents and you're not paying for an expensive car. Or maybe what you did with the car, the car was worth £30,000. You sold it and you've bought a bicycle for 300 Well, that is 
£29,700 sitting in your bank account. And that's probably enough to sort of pay you your, to pay for your existence whilst you develop becoming a playwright. So living a life you hate is harder than anything that um, helps you get closer to your goals. And he's, as an example of that, like having your vision, he says that he's in the gym a lot, which we know he is. And he has the same conversation with people over and over again all the time when he's in the gym. Because he said he goes into the gym and he sees people faffing around, right? They're not really very productive. They're on their phone. They sit on the machine, but they're not actually doing anything with it. Uh, They chat to people. They're having energy drinks. They're stretching. They go to the sauna. They blow dry their hair. But where's the uh, where's the work happening here? You know, this is the gym. We don't need any of those things. You're there to lift very heavy things very slowly until there's no energy in your muscles. That's why you're there. You don't need to do anything else. So so he teases people, apparently. Imagine being imagine being told off and admonished by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he says, hey, what the hell are you doing today? What are you? What's your plan? What's going on here? You've done nothing. I've been here half an hour. You've done nothing. And so he asks people, what is your goal? And he says that they always say the same thing to him. He gets always the same answer, which is, I want to get in shape. But he said, what does that mean? He said that you want to get in shape. If you if you want to be um, a rugby player, you get it. You can get in shape very muscular, but that's not going to be any good if you want to do climbing. Because if you do climbing, you've got you're carrying too much muscles. It'll make it harder to climb. Or if you're a sprinter, then you need sort of lots of muscle mass on your legs. But if you're going to do like marathons, you need to be light and actually have a lower muscle mass. So in shape doesn't mean anything. It can be, you know, what are you going to get lean? Are you slim? Are you bulky? Are you muscly? What is the goal? So it's an unsatisfactory answer in shape. Because that is not a vision. So it's basically helping you to understand, you know, how do you get that vision in your head? So he said satisfactory answers are, when he says, what, 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 what is your goal? You're in the gym, what is your goal? And he said, a good answer is, I want to look good on the beach. That is tangible, isn't it? That's a measurable goal. I want to look good on the beach. I have size 36 waist trousers. I want to be able to wear size 30. And I'm going to go and buy a pair of jeans, which are the 30 waist. And I'm going to work hard in the gym until the small 30 inch jeans fit me. That is a vision that is deliverable. It's accountable. It's measurable. Nailed it. So that's all you've got to do is have a clear vision in your head. And you go for it. And the other thing he says is see it. So in other words, in your head, picture that it's happening. Have that image in your mind of where you want to be the CEO of your company. It won't happen overnight and there's going to be hurdles and perhaps it may not happen at all. But having that vision will take you in the correct direction because you're following your heart. You're following your soul. If you'd like an excellent book to read, which fits in with Schwarzenegger's idea of having a clear vision, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, The Alchemist, best-selling book, very short. It'll take you no time to read it. 
In fact, I think I should do a special show about the alchemists. Let me write that down. Because it's a beautiful book and it's very short and it's brilliant and it fits in exactly with what Schwarzenegger is saying. Um, and then he gives another example of how you stick to your vision in your head, right? Because he says that when you have a clear vision in your head, it's much easier then to make the right decisions for yourself because you know what the goal is. You know what that vision is in your head. So if you have to decide, oh, do I take this job or do I take this opportunity or do I go on that business trip? You know what your vision is. So you're like, does that help me to achieve my goal or does it not? And if it doesn't, you won't do it. So it simplifies decision-making. Does this get me any closer to my goal? Um, and he gives an example of when he was a bodybuilder, he was offered, this was in the 70s, right? He was offered £200,000 a year to be a spokesman and an ambassador for a nationwide chain of gyms. Of course, he was offered that because he was Mr. Universe. £200,000, $200,000, right? It is unbelievable money now in 2023. Imagine how much that was in the 70s. What the hell? He said no. Can you believe it? He said no to I mean, just an absolute avalanche of money. You do that for a couple of years, you don't need to work again. But he said that it would have um, impacted his ambition to become an actor because he wouldn't have been able to pursue the acting if he'd done this role because I think it would have involved going around touring gyms and everything so he took he turned down that money because he had a clear vision in his head of what he wanted and I think it worked didn't it because he did quite well in the movie business so yeah he talks about that he just talks about how amazingly uncomplicated life is that there's a peace when you have a vision in your head of what you want there is a peace there it's a beautiful thing. So what is your vision? What is your goal? What do you want? Have a think about that now just for a couple of seconds. What would you like? Have a think. And I've got a couple. I want to be mortgage free. I think it's the most, oh, debt. Hate calling banks and asking them for money. It's the worst thing, isn't it? And they say, oh, do you have gym membership? And how much do you spend on broccoli every month? It's so invasive. It's the worst, isn't it? Awful. And they they seem like they're doing you a favour. They're not doing you a favour. The interest that they make from things like mortgages. So that's clear in my head. Be mortgage free. I watched my dad battle, you know, heroically. Amazing man and an, an amazing career running a pub. Very proud. But I watched him battle and watched him struggle. And by the way, he got through it. He did get through it, but it was years and years of pain, stress and anxiety. Don't want to go through that. Don't want to be an older man running around looking for work in my 70s. I mean, I, I think I will work until I die because that's I love my job. But um, the, the, the need you know, like just for survival, you don't want to be struggling in your 70s. You just don't, do you? So uh, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd throw that one in as a vision, you know, and then you can sort of just picture that, just picture that scenario. Because I remember I, I, I did start to do that when I began in my career at the very beginning and I'd done all these odd jobs. 
and then I'd saved up a certain amount of money. And I remember I used to go to a cafe and sit down and I'd write down my income for the month and it would be tiny. But then I would have like a projection of what I would hope to make within six months. And I sort of had it written all down about, you know, here's what I'm making. Here's the target. And it was always like a sensible target. It wasn't over the top, like a million pounds. But let's say that my bank account had a balance of of a thousand pounds in it. I'd be thinking, right, well, within six months, I'd like the balance to be four thousand pounds, you know. And and then quite often I actually would, would go beyond my goal. But it, it becomes a game and it's very motivating. But you've written it down, that thing that you want, what your vision is. And then you could just walk towards that. And then miracles happen on the way. That's the amazing thing about a goal. It's an intellectual magic carpet, an intellectual flying carpet. There you go. That's what a goal is. A goal is a flying carpet. And it carries you places you didn't know you could go. But, you know, it is spooky because I, as a child, dreamt of being in broadcasting. I listened to the radio nonstop and I would lie in bed dreaming of being on the radio or on the telly. And that is what I do now. And I dreamed that as a kid. So in a sense, I think I already did have that vision in my head. And then I navigated towards it because it was what I wanted. And crucially... He always talks about in in this book, Schwarzenegger, that what's really good about having a clear vision is it's it shows you the way um, and it teaches you the difference between a good decision and a bad decision. It helps you discriminate between what a good decision is and what a bad decision is. And let's be honest, making decisions is one of the most important parts of life and getting it right. Um, that is it. The book is called Be Useful, which is a recurring theme of the book, which is to be useful. And I think that's a great thing too. Two very short words. Uh, The other thing he does, which I really like, is he talks about how you should just give yourself really small short-term goals to start with. And that might be, I'm going to tidy the house. It might be, I'm going to not have coffee today. It might be, I'm going to send email, which I've been putting off sending an email, which is going to help me in my career, which I don't really fancy sending, but I'll just do it. But small little goals, he said, because it creates momentum and you have a feeling of pride in your achievements that he's like, oh, I set out to tidy my room and I did. And it looks really good now and it creates positive feedback. And there's, there's a little bit of, like I say, a bit of momentum a bit of a positive cycle rather than a negative cycle. So little small goals is brilliant in your day. So why don't you, for example, why don't you do three today? And why don't I do some as well, right? Because I always, the big thing about this show is I never preach. I promise you. Everything I say to you, I try to do myself. I do do myself. So, okay, I'm going to do three goals today. I'm going to do one, which is I want, it's, it's October and I want to be speaking good German by Christmas boost my vocabulary. So I'm going to learn 10 German words today. Okay. I could learn 20, but let's keep it simple because I'm quite busy. I'm going to learn 10 German words. I'm going to tidy up this studio where I'm broadcasting from because it's an abject mess. One more. What else can I do? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be in bed by 10 p.m. 
There you go. That's three goals. I've just improvised those. But they're all doable, aren't they? I think you can agree that you can learn three. You can learn 10 German words. You can tidy up a room. And you can be in bed by 10. So I'll do that. Uh, you know, this bed by 10 thing, it's because the circadian rhythm of human beings is such that we are very well suited to sleeping when it's dark and being awake when it's light. OK, clue is in what the sun is doing. I've got a job where I don't get to bed till one, two in the morning. And although I might get the eight hours sleep, I'm tired the next day. And that's because you are going against this natural clock that you've got in your body, which is called the circadian rhythm. So another big growth area for me, a big area of improvement is to is to um, rush home after work. And actually, because I could technically, if I went crazy fast, I could be in bed by midnight, but I'm often not in bed till half one, two. My record is 3.30. No excuse for that. So um, there you go. That's very good. Um, a couple of other bits and pieces before... I depart you. I've got a top cooking tip for you, which is really nutritious, good value and quick and easy and convenient. It's really important to get your greens because they're full of nutrients you can't get anywhere else. And it's fiber and it's completely natural and it's lovely. So even when you're low carb, which I am, you can have unlimited green vegetables. So broccoli is great. Green beans, I love. Peas are not bad. I like the petit pois, I like the little ones. No problem. But I'll tell you what's handy is frozen spinach. Fresh spinach is annoying because you buy a massive bag of it. And then when you cook it, it just shrinks down to nothing. So it works out to be very expensive and very inefficient. But frozen spinach is already sort of compressed and squeezed together into these lovely bricks, these big chunks of frozen spinach. And all you do, you put it in a saucepan with a lid, gently simmer it, and it just melts. It's sort of frozen blocks of spinach just sort of melt and then they're cooked and ready to go. But it just ticks a box, right? You've had your greens it's so easy. It's so convenient. There's no boiling as well, which means you don't lose any of the goodness. The problem with boiling broccoli is half the goodness you pour away in that water, that bright green water that just gets chucked away. So spinach is good. And if you want to jazz it up a bit, I've got a lovely tip, which is you can get a hand blender. If you don't own a hand blender, by the way, they're very good and you can get one for £10. You can get a basic one. It's not a problem. But you can get the blender and what you do, once you've sort of cooked the spinach, you just blitz it with a hand blender and it just kind of makes it into this lovely spinach puree. It's easier to eat and it's just delicate and nice. But then I'd go further. So you, you blitz it with the hand blender. You then add some salt and pepper. A splash of a generous splash, a glug of double cream, a little bit of garlic and some Parmesan cheese just sort of grated on top. Mix it all together and you'll have the most delicious creamy spinach. 
garlicky, creamy spinach with the double cream. And then the Parmesan cheese, which adds that little cheesy bite. Delicious. Highly recommended. You can also do it with truffle oil as well. Truffle oil is great because truffles are very expensive, but truffle oil is basically a rather cunning, cheap alternative to truffles. And you can blend your spinach, splash of double cream, splash of truffle oil. You don't need the garlic for that. Beautiful thing. Anyway, I shall be having the spinach later and I'm looking forward to it. Um, Anything else that Schwarzenegger said before we move on? Let me have a look. Yeah, he says that you should create space and time in your life if you can, once a week or once a day if you're lucky. He sits in the jacuzzi because he's a multimillionaire. He smokes his cigar. But just go for a walk. He's very big on going for a walk. He talks about how you get great ideas when you go for a walk. You solve problems. It's good for your mental health. Um, No problem. I do agree. I think walking is great and I don't think I do enough of it. It's an excellent point about the joy of walking and it's free. Um, But he talks about creating space and time. So maybe after this podcast or maybe tomorrow, you could just give yourself 10 minutes and just sit on a bench somewhere and just think, contemplate about life. Just have a little pause. No smartphone, no media input, no conversations. Just have a little quiet moment just to yourself and have a think about what's happening and what you want. Double check that vision. Make sure it's nice and sharp and clear. He says that a blurred vision where you're not quite sure what you want means that you can't guarantee that you'll make the right decisions. He's absolutely right about that. Is there anything else that he does? Yeah, you create a roadmap and you follow it. If you're having trouble working out what your vision is, have a think perhaps back to when you were a child and what you loved doing then and reconnect with that because children don't have career plans, do they? They just do stuff that they enjoy. So if you were a kid and you were very sporty or if you were a kid and you loved to write stories or why don't you go back to that? Go back to the kid that you were. Start in your private time when you're not working and then maybe it becomes your actual career. It's a beautiful thing. So anyway, more from Schwarzenegger next week. A couple of other bits and pieces before we go. Um, I love a big mug. I recommend you get a big mug because um, I have got so many of these mugs. This one says dad power on it, which hilariously I bought. I've bought all of the dad mugs like world's greatest dad. I've bought them for myself, not my kids, because they, for some reason, think that men like to have a big mug, which they do, which I do anyway. This book, uh, this book, this uh, this mug has got some little notes inside. It's got little like a measuring, like a like a measuring um, jug. And it's, it's got different lines as you go up the mug on the inside. The first one is let's go. Next one is full power. Next one is nearly charged. Charging in progress and charging needed at the top. <laughs> anyway, well done then. But um, this mug is good. It's probably about a pint. And I make a coffee, quite weak, but I make a coffee and I just fill it up. And I just graze on that. I just graze on it for like half an hour and it stays hot because the mug is big you've got the surface area you've got the volume there's more when there's more hot liquid it stays hotter so i do love that and i love i love to double up right with the mug the perfect day which doesn't happen very often 
would start with the coffee in this mug and then a very productive day and they would end with beer beer going into the same mug so you sort of bookended your day with the coffee in the morning to be productive and then the beer in the evening for your entertainment and reward but yeah i'm a big fan of mugs you can throw them around they're strong they're tough i i'm a volume person i like i just like big things i just like a a lot of stuff i don't know why but that's me quite american i think what else very quick one if you play pool and if you play pools a lovely thing go and find a pub or a bar that's got a pool table or a sports center it's a lot of fun snooker's good too but pool is very simple very fun my dad had a pool table in the pub above which i grew up so i played quite a bit and um, i've got a top tip if you're playing pool which is you must use the chalk that gives you the edge over other people if you watch professional snooker they put chalk on the snooker cue for every shot but normal people when they're playing pool and snooker they forget to put chalk on the cue so put chalk on the cue for every shot and also i rub chalk into that fleshy bit of my hand between my thumb and my forefinger and that means that when the cue slides along that gap on your hand it just it's more smooth and therefore you've got a bit of better action with the cue highly recommended it's an obscure hack and it's not for every it's not very practical for most people is it but if you happen to be playing pool try those things and you'll be better is that us yeah i think so um i have been having a bit of a tidy up lately and a bit of a sort out and i've been getting rid of bad tech that doesn't really work so for example i've got an iphone cable that sometimes charges and sometimes doesn't get rid if you've got stuff that occasionally works but sometimes doesn't you've always got that doubt in your mind is it going to let me down just imagine you've got a really important assignment you've got to be up at 7 a.m so you use that faulty cable for your iphone hoping it will work and then you're you wake up in the morning you've overslept and your phone ran out of battery because the cable did not work so if stuff is unreliable if you've got shoes that have got holes in and you always forget like you walk in the rain and then suddenly your your socks are wet throw them away or recycle them or give them to a charity shop but get rid of stuff that is not delivering for you that you do not have total confidence in okay i've got a friend of mine who keeps you know, had a bike for years. It was just sort of rusty and it was unreliable and the chain would fall off and it was just endless drama with this bike. I'm like, get rid, cut your losses with that bike. Get it out of your life. You're better off having no bike than a bike that's just faulty and lets you down. I used to have a motorbike that would just, just occasionally, just the engine would just stop running and you never knew when that was going to happen awful no way to live your life but it, sometimes it worked i got rid in the end i got rid and it was you know i couldn't uh, i couldn't really afford to get rid but it was just it was not good other people they persist with things that don't really work you get that with maybe people your colleagues who just occasionally let you down it keeps happening or maybe a partner Maybe it's a partner that's just always unfaithful or something. And every time they promise they won't be unfaithful again. Well, there's a pattern here. Get rid. 
get rid. One strike and you're out. Maybe it's two strikes. Two strikes and you're out. If something goes wrong for the second time, I'm out of here, man. I'm out of here. So anything that's not delivering for you in your life, whether it's friends, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a technological device, just get rid. Get rid. My auntie used to have a teapot that just leaked. She had it for years. And it was just annoying. And it annoyed her. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Right, listen, it's been lovely to chat. How are we doing? 47 minutes. I'd love to talk more, but there's a lot going on. Really enjoyed your company. We've got lots more next week. Apologies that there hasn't been such a volume of material in today's show. It has been a busy week. But remember the golden rule of this show, which is do bad work. Okay, if you're struggling with motivation, just do it badly and then you've done it. And then what happens is it probably wasn't as bad as you feared. So I've stuck to that today. I've put out a show that I didn't fully have time to deeply prepare, but I wanted to give you a show and it was the correct, most um, appropriate day to do it. It's like, let's just do it. It's not going to be perfect. Today's show was not perfect, but that was okay. I hope, hopefully you agree because you might, you might be furious with me now, but I, I, I think you'd rather have a show than just when it comes to the day when the podcast drops and there's no new episode. I think that's worse than a show that I would like to have had more time to prepare. I'm assuming you'd rather have this than no podcast. So do the same in your own life. You know what I mean? You're, you're, um, Stuff's happening. You're a bit busy, but just make the time for whatever it is that is important. And why why do I churn out these podcasts, you know, even if I don't feel like it? Well, because my goal is to deliver, deliver a weekly product, come what may. And that's my vision. That's what my commitment to you. And I do, you know, it's very sacred really to me. So work out what matters to you, what your goals are, what you want. Have it doesn't please promise me you will not think about how to achieve it because it's not going to be overnight it'll be baby steps but if you've got that star of david that you're walking towards then all bets are off okay the future is in the palm of your hands get out there and do it right in a week's time when we meet again i want you to have a picture in your head a clear vision of what you want. I don't care if it's unrealistic and you want to be president of the United States. Have a clear vision in your head by next week. And I promise you, it will change your life. Have a great week. See you soon. Bye-bye.